Rusty Quill presents. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What is a song of sixpence, if not a pocket full of rye? Welcome back to Spirit Box Radio. Hello, faithful listeners. Thanks for all your thoughts and concerns about me after last week. Not going to lie, it has been rough. I didn't sleep for three days. It was difficult. Luckily, Oliver was super busy with work, so I didn't have to explain too much to him, even though he definitely knows something is up. But like, how the hell am I supposed to explain this? I absorbed an arcane library sort of, and now it's attached to the forums, but also not, and I have no idea how that works. <laughs> oh, yeah, feels pretty unsatisfactory as an explanation. And yes, I know it's a bit pot kettle given the amount I've been trying to get him to talk to me about stuff, but also, like, he's clearly having a hard time processing what's happening, and I just keep throwing stuff on the pyre, and, well, I don't know. I worry that at some point it's going to be too much, you know? I don't want to find out what happens when we get to that point. So yeah, it's just my problem and I'll figure out how to deal with it on my own. Which brings me to um, a couple of you who are less than corporeal. You found your way around to where the library is uh, attached to the forums. There doesn't seem to be an easy way to cross from one place into the other. More like the whole library is lodged in the centre of the forums like a big rock in the bed of a stream. 
whilst it doesn't necessarily look like a library anymore and it doesn't necessarily have any physical things like windows or lights, those of you who got close enough to have a peer at it said that it gave a sense of having lights shining out through the windows even though there weren't any windows or lights actually present. Which is good to know, I guess. It suggests that it might still be, well, not alive per se, but whatever it is that arcane artefacts aren't alive like, it seems like the library continues to do so. Which is good, because it's probably easier to pull the information out of a living thing than it is to pull it out of its corpse. Probably. Not 100% sure on that, actually, now I'm saying it. Um, anyway, moving on. Let's have a look at the forums, shall we? See what's happening there. Now. Yeah, uh, let's see what's happening there now. Yep. More people are looking at the library and not knowing what's going on there yet. Thanks, folks. Uh, I meant to say, yes, just stay away from it if you can. Don't even look at it if you can help it. Is looking the right word? I'm not sure. Anyway, just leave it well enough alone, okay? We'll deal with it eventually. But for now, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I will deal with it soon, okay? Ah, okay, what else is going on? Ah, yes, uh, people noting stuff about the scaresmongers. That's great. Uh, I'll let Arlo know about that. Oh, it seems like they're already in here. Great work, Arlo. Keep it up. Oh, hang on. Arlo's banned from listening to the show like everyone else. Never mind. I'll call them and tell them later. Um. Oh, I've been tagged in something. Let's have a look. Dear Sam, I recently moved to a new area and have been trying to get the lay of the land. It's a quiet suburb of a fairly large city with loads of pedestrian access and plenty of shortcuts and alleyways you could spend hours mapping if you wanted to. The great thing about this area is that it was constructed just before railways became popular, so there are a great deal of cul-de-sacs and dead-end roads which seem like they should join up with the others but simply don't, as a large railway has been constructed in the middle of them, leaving only these little alleyways and paths behind. There are several local parks, connected through these beeline backstreets which take you almost through people's back gardens. That's how close and quiet they are. Seeking these new routes out is a fabulous way to spend an afternoon. The other day, I decided I was going to explore a little further afield. I know there's a fairly large Victorian water park. You know, the kind with a big pond and fountains, not the kind with slides and a lazy river. And I thought that there had to be a more interesting path than simply trundling along the main road by all the traffic. So I set out on the hunt for shortcuts, or at least little paths and alleys that might make the walk a little more interesting, even if they are more meandering. I started out by turning off the main road down into a little residential area, which I figured would eventually hit the river, which pretty much guarantees a secret path or walkway of some kind. Sure enough, I found one between two houses. It was a street of semi-detached properties, the space between each two-house building linked by a small path. All but one of these little paths was blocked up with a gate. The open pathway was wider than the rest by a good foot or so, and the driveways, which connected in front of all the other properties, were bisected by a metre-wide gravel path. Sure enough, when I peered down the gap, I saw a little sign indicating pedestrian access and walked on my way, expecting I'd soon find my way to the riverside, which I could then stroll along for a mile or so until I hit where the water park ought to be. Past the bottom of the gardens, however, the path took a sharp right turn. As I was still headed in the right sort of direction, I didn't mind too much, so I kept on walking. I could hear the river nearby and wondered when this path would converge with it, but I walked and walked for 20, 30, 40 minutes, one side flanked by an unruly thorny hedge 
and the other with the red brick walls of people's back gardens. And then I hit what appeared to be an abandoned allotment. It was a fairly small space, only 12 feet by 12 feet or so, and it seems to have been notched out of the back garden of the house it was squeezed behind. There was a dilapidated garden shed, the front door missing and exposing a set of rusted tools covered in snaky fronds of ivy and bindweed. Next to it, the remains of a small greenhouse. What was left of the glass was green, with algae or mould, and the whole thing was blooming with a plethora of weeds out of the open panels. The biggest plant of all, though, was a climbing plant I didn't recognise. It was growing directly out of the red brick wall that separated the allotment from the gardens around it. Its leaves were small and shaped like miniature hearts, each one a dark green with edges fringed in deep, rich blue. The vines looked woody and robust, dark red in colour, and it seemed to be growing outwards from a central cluster, the vines reaching out like bony fingers, clasping at the bricks. I got closer to have a look, as I didn't recognise it, and I tried to use that application that identifies plants for you, but it had no idea what it was looking at, and told me three different things when I scanned three different parts of it. As I was closely inspecting, I saw that there was a mass of vines tangled around something near the base of the cluster at the plant's centre. Peering closer, I saw scraps of orange fur. I leaned closer still, steadying myself on the wall, and saw between the tightly wrapped vines the tag of a collar that read, Ginger Snap. There was a horrible creaking crack, and I jumped back in alarm, only to discover that my hand, which had been resting on the wall, was covered in a frond of the plant. It tore my jacket sleeve as I pulled away. As I hurried back down the pathway and onto the cul-de-sac it connected onto, I saw a poster sellotape to a lamppost. There was a picture of a cat on it. The name printed underneath was Ginger Snap. It's been a couple of days of looking this up online and I can't seem to find any plants like the one I described mentioned anywhere. I was wondering if you could maybe pass this query on to your Oliver Berlin to see what he perhaps thinks of it all. Thank you, Anonymous. Well, Anonymous, um, Oliver's pretty busy. He's prepping for a wedding tomorrow. So, I don't know. <sighs> Do you know what? I'm sure he won't mind us dropping in, right? He likes plants and stuff. This is the kind of thing he thinks is fun. Yeah, why not? Why not? Let's ask Oliver. Oliver? You're busy? Just finishing up. Are you already done for the night? That's a short broadcast. Actually, I have a question. Someone's written in about weird plants and, well, you know all about plants, weird and ordinary, so here I am. Oh, I see. Uh, what's the question? So there's this person on the forums, right, and they've been going on these walks and they've seen this weird plant and it might have eaten a cat, maybe? Fascinating. Do you have the letter to hand? Um, it's on my phone. Hang on. Here. Let's see. Red brick alleyway, green leaves, heart shape, tip with blue. Very interesting. Calling fronds that reach out to you when you're not looking, and it's carnivorous. Ah, it's a blue-fingered haze. A what? They were bred in the 60s by this rather fascinating chap, Simon Fellows. He was an arcanist and a botanist hoping to breed a plant that could be used as a more potent substitute for willow and spell-making. I have his field notes somewhere. Ah, here we are. There are no photographs, unfortunately. 
But Simon was a dab hand at illustration, you see. Oh, it's just like they described. Yes, and here is an interesting feature. Simon had been hoping to create a plant who was inert in its natural state, but obviously that wasn't the case. He'd witnessed it consuming small birds. It doesn't trap food like most carnivorous plants, though. It winds around its prey like a constrictor snake and slowly dissolves them. If you look closely at the vines, they'll look like they're covered in small white hairs, but those are actually minuscule barbs. They secrete a paralytic and digestive enzyme which renders their prey immobile and slowly dissolves them whilst they're still alive. The nutrients then soak into the substrate to be absorbed. Oh, right. So is it dangerous? Possibly. If this one has been allowed to grow large enough to consume something as large as a cat, it could probably paralyse a human limb or two, or even eat a whole human child. So how do they get rid of it? Same as any other plant. Cut it back. They aren't aggressive growers. It's probably been there for a decade or so to get that large. The one I have has never grown past the point where it can consume small mice. You've got one of these? In the back room, yes. Would you like to see? Sure. Wait, actually... What is it? There's a lot of living plants in there. I'm probably pushing it just by being around the dead ones. What on earth do you... Oh, of course. You love those plants. I don't want to hurt them. Thank you, Magpie. (sighs) Interesting book, though. What are these? Poison hawthorn. Like ordinary hawthorn, but the berries produce enough cyanide to kill a small horse. Ah, neat. Simon had some in his collection when I... when I found it. But unfortunately, they didn't survive long after I rehomed them. They didn't like the soil I'd planted them in. A shame, really. Is that... blood on this page? There's nothing written after that. No, there isn't. What happened to Simon Fellows? (sighs) To make the blue-fingered haze, Simon made a deal. With the one who walks here and there. Oh. Yes. It was... I tried to make it... quick. I'd known him, you see. A little. I'd heard of his work. Admired it from afar. I think he knew that. Knew I admired the work before I took his life. I promised him I'd do what I could to watch over his work. Make sure his plants were well cared for, you know. I'm not sure it eased his suffering, but he did thank me for it. Right before. You okay? Yes. Yes, I'm fine. It's been a long time, Magpie, and I didn't know him. Not really. I do not grieve for Simon Fellows. Okay, that's not really what I meant, though. Grieving wasn't really what I was asking about. If you want to know if I regret killing him, of course I do. I'd never... Of the many lives taken by my hand, there are only three I don't regret. The people that killed Jack... Yes. If you had a chance, 
Would you do it again? What? Kill them. Make your deal. I... I... I don't know how to answer that. I know you don't want to forget about it, but if you could unpick those threads, you know? If you could make it so it had not happened, would you do it? It cannot be done, Sam. But if it could... I don't understand why you're asking me this. If you could undo all of that, is that where it ends? Would you want to have loved Jack? Yes. Yes, I would. But Sam, I don't know what's going on here. I'm just asking. What you're talking about is rewriting history, changing the past. But it can't be done. It's impossible. The past is immutable. I know, I'm just... You're just asking. I know. What I don't understand is why. There's just a lot we don't talk about, you know? You want me to talk about killing people? It's... I don't know where... How could I even begin? Not that, I mean... There's things that I... And I don't know anything about you and Jack, really. He's been dead for centuries. I, I know that. But you loved him. He's the only other person you've loved like this, you said. I don't love you the same way I loved him. It's different. A wholly different thing. Oh. Bathsheba, grant me patience, Sam. That is not what I meant. What isn't? I didn't mean to imply that my love for you is lesser. It's different because you are different. Because I am different now than I was then. Back then I was practically a child, naive, unworldly. I didn't know what I was getting into. What were you getting into? Love and all its violent passion. With Jack, it was all new, unfamiliar. It was sweet as honey. We were secret, of course, and I knew there were risks. We both knew that. But it was soft, uncomplicated, and I didn't realise that there was a darker side of it at all until that was all there was left. When Jack died, it killed a part of me with him. The part that loved without fear or regret, that threw himself into love without hesitation. I loved him fiercely. I wanted things that didn't make sense for who we were, how we had to live. I'd been on the run all my life, and secrets were second nature. We could masquerade as brothers, never mind that we looked nothing alike. If not brothers, then cousins. And we could move to a cottage on the hillside, surrounded by flowers whose blossoms filled the air with sweet, fresh nectar. We could keep bees and store the honey to eat all year round. We could raise children there. How we'd have got them, I don't know, but we would have. Somewhere out in the wilds, where there was nobody but us. Nobody to judge or hate. It all felt so pure and wonderful. Like stepping into a warm ocean on a quiet evening beneath twinkling skies. But then there was the riptide of losing him. And I was drowning. And the deep waters were cool and dark. And nothing mattered anymore. You planned a whole future with him. We were young and in love. I doubt it would have ever happened. It was a flight of fancy. Yeah. But it was yours. It was. And it was lovely to dream. We don't do that. What? We don't dream about the future together. Hells, Oliver, we barely even plan beyond next week. Things are rather fraught. 
No more fraught than they were for you and your secret boyfriend in the Dark Ages who was literally hate crime to death in front of you. Are you hurt that I loved him? Because that's not really fair. No, I, I just... I don't know. Why don't we plan for the future? Why don't we do any of that stuff? We really could live in a cottage in the middle of nowhere and have bees and kids if that's what you want. Is it? I... I don't know. Sam, the ground is shaking. Mm. Sorry. Sorry, I'm just... There's a... A lot of... Just... Processing. I'm fine, it's fine. I didn't mean to, I'm sorry. It's alright. It's not, is it? No, not really. I want to fix it. Fix what? I don't know, really. But something feels wrong. You're going to be fine. Yeah, I... I'm going to finish up the rest of the show. I'll let you finish packing the flowers. All right. Just... You'll come back down. When you're finished, help me with the place cards. It won't make the flowers well. I don't care about the damn flowers. I just want you here. Of course. Is that okay? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be back in a little while, I promise. Thank you. a lot to contain, isn't it? Mm. Nothing's going to explode. It's fine, it's... Mm. Oh, I'm sweating, I'm sweating. Uh. White door. What do you want? the impossible house but this is uh, it's M's office like the one that appeared under the floor of the old studio but it isn't there's too many books here no 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 stop stop please stop Chidia's prophecy about M. She will bear a child who could best the one who walks here and there. This trapdoor, I swear it acts of its own accord. It moves around, shows it where it wants to. It had all M's letters about me inside of it. The way to the arcane spaces that belong to the Harbingers. Once it even had Kitty inside of it. What is this thing? What are you? Oh, so now you're disappearing. How convenient. 
Why don't you start? I drew pictures of you for bloody years, and what are you? The ghost of a door to a house I nearly died in? A house I really did die in at least once. You, you just, you just show up and you act like it's all okay and normal to be appearing out of thin air or in random floorboards and it's not, you know? It's not what doors and trapdoors are supposed to do. And I'm not supposed to have a whole library inside of me. God know what else. I don't know why I pushed Oliver like that. It wasn't fair. And then what did he do? He just... He just asked me to come and help him. Like, like it's fine now. But it's not fine, is it? It's not fine. None of this is fine. Oh, for God's sake. You didn't just disappear to move six inches to the right, did you? No. You didn't. It's my name and... In the floorboards. Samuel Apollo Enfield. Em scratched this into the floor when the inconvenient sins came for her. You know, it's never occurred to me before. I guess I thought she was leaving me a message, but you know, actually, it's just as likely she was trying to tell Indy, Ingrid and Bliss that I was the one they were supposed to be killing, isn't it? Did she want me dead? Did she? Cut me off from everything, stop me from doing anything that night, here in the impossible house, before it was the impossible house. What was she trying to do? Siphon the power back? Was that to kill me too? Was that what she was doing? I... Anna and Kitty, they don't know. They didn't see what was happening until it all started to go wrong. Just glimpsed it as they were running out of a house collapsing. A house that collapsed onto me. She didn't talk to them about it, didn't even really discuss it with Oliver, no. He made that pretty clear when he went over everything with me after I took his deal. Now back, are you? Great, great. Same note as before, spectacular. Not even being original now. Wait. Right, idiot. She made this prediction, she did this, she... Ugh! Right here. Right here. I had a feeling you'd come here tonight. Did your dirt tell you I was coming? Mm, something like that. Em, she... You loved her? Yes. But when she moved to no, Dizzard... I didn't follow her there. Why? I have a life here. I have a connection to the earth that I stand on, and... And beach clay isn't the same as mud clay, no matter how much you try. And I knew one day she'd come back. Only took a few years for me to be right. Did your mud tell you that as well? So what if it did? It's like tarot, isn't it, the mud? You listen, you can read the songs in a bunch of ways. Different songs in different combinations. They can mean different things in different contexts, just like tarot cards. Hmm. That's... Uncharacteristically insightful. Would you... Why do you hate arcanism so much? It deals in absolutes. Everything you just said about tarot cards and the muds, arcanists, they don't really care about that, about listening and feeling and intuition. They do, that's the whole thing. Vibes, that's all it is. But 
That's true of all of the occult. Archimists, they're looking for answers. They're sure they won't find. That's different than accepting that there are things you'll never fully understand. How? How is it different? Because if you learn to accept that there are things outside of your control, if you understand yourself as part of a whole that you'll never fully comprehend, you let go and understand that all knowledge, to some extent, is subjective. Even science, which you concrete cretins adore, is rewritten every generation. But archivists aren't sharing facts or declaring absolute truths. No, because they can't. Because the arcane isn't like that. I've seen it. You don't need to tell me what it's like. So you understand that it's not static. Fate isn't a noose around your neck. It is a path in a forest. You either walk alone or you won't. Maybe it forks in places. Maybe you'll walk across the undergrowth. Maybe you'll lie on your back and not walk at all. They aren't trying to know the future, though. No, they're not. They want to know the present. And they can't do that. I, I don't understand. That's why secrecy is so important to them. Because if they share their answers, they'll see that they've all come up with something different. And even the ones that get to the same conclusions, they get there a thousand different ways. So what? They can't let go. They can't see themselves as part of a bigger picture. They're, they're individuals desperately striving to fence in their own individual patch of knowledge. Like, reality has borders that can be defended. Like, humans don't make giant leaps into the terrifying realm of the utterly unpredictable every single day. But people die from coconuts falling on their heads. People just randomly die in their sleep. The waves of our friends can look purposeful and intricate, but it's random. Patternless. So why do you hate them? I don't hate them. I pity them. And find them profoundly irritating. But Em was an arcanist. Well, she was and she wasn't. She made her deal, her bid for power. And what was put inside of her, the magic she was given. It was like a bit of unknown got lodged in her brain. And she couldn't escape it anymore. She was obsessed with the idea that every arcanist was both right and wrong about what they understood of the arcane. She was massively powerful. She understood the Song of the Mud more keenly than anyone I knew, even though she couldn't even hear it. I saw her draw a dozen different divinations of the future from one set of cards and take it in her stride without pause. Yeah, it also drove her mad. Me, I didn't understand any of it. And I still don't now. But I knew that power was borrowed. And Marie knew it too. Soon as you were born, a lot of it left her. When you weren't around, she couldn't even read tarot beyond a basic interpretation. That magic that made her famous, it was was gone. She was hollow. I didn't mean for that to happen. I know you didn't, kid. But that's how it was. And she was terrified of you. We all were. Why? Usually, 
power feels like light coming off someone. You can get a sense, if you've learned how to do it, of how connected they are to their own arcane threads, or however you want to phrase it. In touch with their aura, it doesn't matter. But you, it was like a, a chasm. People around you, they could sense it. It made them scared, but it was like you couldn't resist stepping closer, looking deeper, just trying to peer into the darkness. Oh. I'm sorry if this isn't what you came here for, kid. I don't know what I came for. Well, if there's one thing I do know, it's that something's changing. What? And I need you to know that I want no part in it. Whatever little scheme you're cooking up, keep it to yourself. I have no interest in striking a deal with you, baby broker. Mark my words. All right. Right. You should go. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. I'm gonna... Ugh. I'm gonna go help Oliver. Yeah. Okay, faithful listeners, good night. Spirit Box Radio is a Hanging Sauce Studios podcast written, directed, edited, and produced by Abram Major. This episode starred Will J. Cummings as Oliver Boleyn and Ripley Leatherbarrow as Rytidi Adolphus and Abram Major as Sam Enfield. With special thanks to our crowdfunding co-producer, Bryn E. Albert. If you enjoy the show and want early access and bonus content, you can help us by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Hanging Sauce Studios. Spirit Box Radio is recorded in front of a dead studio audience.
tune in. Get spooky. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.